0: Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast.
1: As we get the show going here, John Graham is on the phone, Director of Government Relations, Prairie Region, Retail Council of Canada. John, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Hal. So that's uh, good, 167 cases today. Uh, that is definitely an improvement.
2: As Dr. Risman said, it's going in the right direction, yeah. And, and I think a lot of that must feel like it's about time. You know, the amount of uh, sacrifice that's occurred, both within business and individual lives, and uh, it's encouraging to see these numbers today, for sure.
1: That has to give some hope to business owners out there that maybe, after the holidays, maybe these restrictions can loosen a bit.
2: Yeah, I don't know if we want to look back, but uh, the reality is if we could time this uh, differently, we would never have wanted to see businesses shut down in December. November, December is the most critical time of the year for sales. January, February are much lighter, but it's quite possible that we're, Going to see the next health order loosening some restrictions and allowing businesses to reopen. It's been, it will be by that point, two months since most of uh, the retail businesses have been closed to in store traffic, and uh, uh, there's a lot of pain out there within those businesses.
1: Mm-hmm. And as I've said many times, I think maybe even to you, I've said it here on my show. I do think uh, if the numbers continue to go as you said in the right direction, I do think that we can loosen the retail restrictions a bit uh, and allow businesses to have a better chance uh, to try, try and make a living out there.
2: Yeah, you see um, across the Western Canada, uh, the. All store, all retail stores are remaining open, but they're just under tighter capacity. So, in the case of Alberta, very significant number of cases right now in that province. Uh, their retail stores are one five or fifteen percent capacity. It's still allowing businesses to continue to to to, to operate, though. Uh, Saskatchewan is at fifty percent for smaller businesses, twenty five percent as of Christmas Day for uh, larger businesses. So, uh, we hope that we'll see Manitoba move in that direction for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Here in Manitoba, uh, businesses, uh, retail, how are they managing through this? Obviously, it's incredibly difficult, essential items only, uh, curbside pickup or delivery. Are they eking out some sort of a, a living, as you point out, at the busiest time of the year for them?
2: Yeah, well, this should be the, the fun time of the year. Stores are busy, sales are strong. There's that sense of relief that they're going to be in the black uh, by the end of this year. But uh, lots of clever efforts, right? With Avi Khan's good local and lots of neat uh, curbside offerings. The the challenge is, though, Hal, is that you uh, in-store uh, traffic, in-store shopping is a lot less expensive. It doesn't require the labor to pack, to shop it, to package it, to put it aside if it's curbside pickup. Um, and you don't get all of the impulse items or people looking through the store and saying, oh, I'll add that and this and this to my cart. So, yeah, there's some business happening, and that's good, uh, but certainly not enough uh, for compared to a typical year.
1: Mm-hmm. We're looking at, uh, what is it, January 8th or 9th? The restrictions will be updated, and as we already said, hopefully they'll be loosened a bit. Hopefully we'll be in a spot where that can happen. Um, you know, two to three more weeks of this. Uh, how bad is it out there? Uh, c- have you got? Uh, can you share anything anecdotally, or do you have any numbers on just how tough it is out there for businesses, retail?
2: Well, we don't know what it's going to look like in the new year. we we think that up to twenty percent of retail, small retail in particular, uh, apparel retail, are vulnerable to uh, not uh, not being able to continue to sustain themselves. This is a really important time of the year, but. What we know is that uh even for curbside you know well uh, good luck getting home delivery from most places right now before Friday uh but even curbside is jammed up and it's just not the capacity there isn't the ability to push through the amount of orders uh that to like to um as guys like me wait to the last minute at the shop frankly Yeah. Uh, and, and uh so they're going to lose that side. They're losing all the impulse items. Uh, those are all the kind of the gravy, uh, like a restaurant and the desserts and the coffee. You know, you count on those extra sales. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I think that one thing that we've learned though out of this is that curbside's here to stay. And uh, I think retailers are going to think differently about curbside into the future. Uh, it's um, a less expensive way to sell goods compared to home delivery or uh, it 's a way of competing with the the, the big guys like Amazon, who you 'll never beat as far as efficiency of getting goods from a click to the door and um, And I think that we 're going to see retailers looking at uh, multiple ways to uh, connect and sell to customers in the future and that's that 's exciting
1: yeah yeah i guess if you're looking for a silver lining right you come out of something like this and you go all right we've learned a really valuable lesson we need to change or tweak things uh the way we do business and and i guess that is a good thing although man what a what a tough process to go through for for retail for businesses out there restaurants individuals too but you know you and i are talking business obviously with you being at the retail council
2: yeah it's uh uh, yeah, certainly the silver lining is that you know for those that remain open into 2021. So uh, the harsh reality is there's a lot of businesses that just aren't seeing, uh, either are shut down, really no way of connecting and selling to customers. It's it's hard to sell a, a mattress or a pillow, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and it's uh, hard to sell furniture. It's hard. Uh, apparel stores that, uh, for the most part, are closed to uh, with an exception of winter wear. And they've got a whole bunch of inventory. They're carrying those costs uh, through the fall, winter, into the spring. And these are the weights, uh, the, the, the pressure that's going to really hurt businesses' ability to continue operating to operate in 2021. So I'm very concerned. Uh, but, uh, again, there's some good news stories out there as well.
1: Mm-hmm. final 30 seconds john to you here uh, make your pitch for christmas week for people to get out there and and support retail locally
2: yeah i think that uh, be patient uh you can still order uh online pick up curbside i think that recipients of gifts this year are going to clearly understand if you can't deliver it till uh, uh jan second third or fourth so be it uh, you know please continue to support small local businesses we really need your help this time of year
1: John Graham, if I don't talk to you before Christmas, all the best, and uh, let's hope 2021 is a is a much better year.
2: Here, here, Hal, thanks so much.
1: My pal, Dave Patrician, the sports doctor, is here now. Dave, hello, good afternoon. How I'm just getting hungry, listen to this I know, <laughs> I know exactly, and you know what, as I said, Jackie's doing christmas yeah. baking today she's been baking for three or four days, and she's uh baking uh here uh today, and she's making these uh Incredible chocolate chip cookies. There's a really famous bakery in New York, and they make these cookies. And this is kind of a copycat recipe that she makes. And, pff, man, they're fantastic. Anyhow, thanks for doing this, pal. You are kicking off my Christmas week here. You're co-hosting today. Dave's going to join us here. Uh, of course, you know, this can change, right? But Dave's going to uh, join us here. He's going to be back at around 2.45, uh, 3.30, and... Uh, Oh, 215. 2.15, 2.45, and 3.30. That's that's what's scheduled. Anyhow, we gonna got a few things we want to talk about. You were on last time, and we did not have... You prep for this and everything, and I felt bad. Um, you wanted to talk about uh, Christmas trees or Christmas lights? Well, Christmas
0: trees, because it was very topical a couple of weeks ago that mm. uh, people were going from tree lot to tree lot and uh, not having any success in getting a real Christmas tree. Right. Um, that was, uh, you know, and you had guys, and some of, the, some of your guys, uh, you even had one on reserve. Your your, your guy was calling you. And yeah. uh, I, 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 I found it a, a real phenomena because, um, you know, th- it, I would drive by these tree lots, like we're talking about December 22nd, December 23rd, and the place that would, would be jammed with trees in years gone by because mm-hmm. I believe that, you know, everybody like my family, we always had an artificial Christmas tree. But so I was kind of always wondering why this was going on. So I started to think about this a little bit, and I was wondering how long have artificial Christmas trees been around? Well, I, I found my answer. They've been around for 140 years. People have been using artificial Christmas trees. Oh. How, believe it or not, it started in Germany, uh, where they actually used goose feathers. There was a deforestation problem going on like 140 years ago, and uh, they were using them with, with um, uh, goose feathers. And they dyed the goose feathers green and it was the first artificial Christmas tree. And then I kinda uh,
1: chuckle because uh Jackie's got something that looks to me like feathers on our tree. Uh they're not feathers, but it kinda looks like feathers. So yeah, maybe you know that's maybe it goes way, way back like you were saying.
0: Yeah. And then uh and then the early nineteen hundreds, uh the Adidas Adidas Brush Company in Britain thought about, hey, there's got to be a better w- better way to build an artificial Christmas tree. So this company was famous for making the first toilet brushes. So <laughs> they used those same bristles, they dyed them green, and they create leaves in an artificial tree. And, wow. uh, yeah, it went nuts. And then aluminum trees came next. And I believe, I always thought those ones looked all uh, absolutely terrible, but they were yep. all the rage in the uh, late 50s and 60s. And mm-hmm. what kind of stopped that was uh, Charlie Brown Christmas in 1965, when Lucy wanted to get the aluminum tree, and uh, that was just kind of a symbol of commercialism, and they they, they fell out of favor. Nobody wanted an aluminum Christmas tree because of the Charlie Brown Christmas special.
1: Look at you prepping for the show, doing prep for the show. My goodness.
0: I, I look up these facts because, you know what, there's not a lot going on. You know, nope. Usually my time would be spent in uh, sports saloons creating mayhem, right? But I've actually started reading. It's like that episode of Seinfeld when all of a sudden the, the, the sex went out of George's brain. He started thinking about other things. Well, this is the same thing without mayhem and sports. No and
1: sports. Yeah, no sports or booze. Yeah, yeah, beer, chicken sure. wings. and yeah.
0: yeah. So anyway, since the 1980s, <laughs> the trees have really just been kind of plastic. And if anybody has one like mine that's starting to dry out, it's almost like a real Christmas tree because it's shedding all the time, only I yeah. can't water it and stuff. I just – I had I to open my um, – my screen door to get uh, my shovel off my patio today. And I thought I would, the, the little bit of wind would, uh, almost made this poor tree look naked today. So I just thought it was kind of fascinating that the artificial Christmas tree started from goose feathers and then it became toilet brushes mm. to where it is today.
1: Yeah, my grandmother had one of those. It was almost like it was aluminum, but you said metal, but it was like an aluminum Christmas tree, and I remember my grandma had one of those. And at the time, I guess it was kind of cool, but now you think about it, and you go, really? Like, why would you? And I think a lot of people are doing are, are dealing with what you're dealing with. Um, Jackie's been putting water in our tree like crazy because everybody was so excited to kind of get on with Christmas, they put up their trees early, everybody bought a tree, and now you're hoping it makes it through Christmas. I know that the, usually in the past it was kind
0: of like the Christmas tree went up just before uh, uh, around Grey up time in my household because we were so focused on football activities. And yeah. then we were kind of waiting for Easter because that's kind of when you took it down because you had to shri- switch directions. So it used to be the other way. But I think everybody's going to be so tired of their Christmas tree they're going to be like pitching them out <laughs> right after <Yeah>. Boxing Day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so Dave Patrician, the Sports Doctor. You can follow him on Twitter, at the Sports Doctor. Not a lot of sports right now, but we will talk about Jets and the return of the NHL uh, when J- uh, Dave joins us here at 2.15. 2.45, Dave's going to be back. We're going to talk about supporting local restaurants over the holidays, and then Dave will wrap up the show at around 3.30. Pal, thanks a lot. Talk to you in a bit. You bet. Thanks. It's going to bring a lot of snow. Winds are going to be really strong. It's going to cost really things for driving conditions, that's what cost snow drifts, blowing snow, drifting snow, treacherous driving conditions, and the storm is coming our way from Calgary, Alberta, it's headed right for Winnipeg on Tuesday, December 22nd,
2: 2020, it's going to bring lots of snow, winds are going to be very strong in Winnipeg,
1: Manitoba, and the surrounding areas as well. People in Winnipeg, Manitoba, be prepared. Frankie McDonald talking about our snow, not the snow on the ground, but the snow that is still to come. He's fantastic, by the way. I love Frankie uh, McDonald. And joining us now, my weather expert buddy. I don't like Frankie as much as I like you, Bruce. Don't worry. I can tell <laughs> already you're getting all worried about it. Uh, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. Bruce, um, how much snow? Well, I guess we got a, like uh, up to 15. Sixteen, seventeen, 15,
3: twenty is, is a lot. Uh, I'll have to explain it in a minute, but somewhere in the ten to twenty right now seems to be the most likely. But if you, you know, that system right now is just west of Seattle, and this time tomorrow will be the northeast corner of Montana, and then the next day, of course, it will hit just south of probably be going through about Grand Forks. So if it goes along that projection. That track is going to be somewhere in the 10 to 20 range, maybe a little more. If it goes a little bit further north or south when it emerges from the Rockies, that could change things. It's just like a Colorado low in that sense. And it's actually picking up a fair amount of moisture, just not as much as Colorado low would.
1: What is this? Is it another clipper, or is it a low, a Colorado it's low? It's a low. It's a clipper.
3: It's, it's just the origin, instead of being in Alberta, is it's actually it's just coming into the Seattle area now, and it's going to just ride mm. along the you know, U.S. border, just south of the U.S. border, all the way here, and then past. And that's the way it looks. So it's going straight from west to east, not to the southeast like they often do, and certainly not from the southwest like a Colorado low would
1: and that 15 to 20 is what we can expect here in winnipeg or in this area but some areas of the province could get they're saying up to 25 centimeters
3: right and it's going to really depend on the exact track of this thing and uh, some areas probably to the west of winnipeg might get up you know not that far west but maybe up to 25 and again if this thing goes north or south just a, a little bit it's going to change it and you know because that's the trick with these anything that originates on the west coast it has to come through the rockies and where it emerges this side of the rockies can make a big difference just like that big snowstorm in october of 2019
1: Mm -hmm. you and i were not very long ago talking about will christmas be close to a brown christmas and look at it now Right, well, that that clipper, again, this this last one that came through yesterday, same trajectory as this. It just
3: went from west to east, and it picked up enough moisture. We got the snow. So, you know, it's not going to be a brown Christmas this year. They're rare anyway. I mean, not as rare as the Vikings winning the Super Bowl, but it's still rare.
1: (laughs) Still rare. Uh, You wanted to talk, you mentioned moisture. You wanted to talk about moisture in snow. Go for it.
3: Right. Okay, let's say that you have a melted equivalent of... 10 millimeters of precipitation. Okay, if it's right near freezing, that's gonna be somewhere around 10 centimeters of snow. But if it is really cold when that snow falls, there's gonna be a lot more snow than that. The moisture will be the same, still be 10 millimeters of melted precipitation, but it would take a lot more of that light, fluffy, very low moisture snow to produce that 10 millimeters of precipitation. So it's, uh, the ratio changes when
1: it gets colder right um, question from Kelly 204 780 6868 how Bruce keeps saying if it comes out a little north or south it could change it but change it how as in worse, uh, it, could, it, could, it wouldn't be
3: much, I wouldn't think, simply because there's not that much moisture, but if it goes south, it would, it would change where the maximum snow area would be. If it went right. north, it would be further north where the maximum, because it's going to be a, a strip west to east where the, it's maxed out, and it's going to depend on that exact track as, as to where that's going to be.
1: And when is this snow, this second snow, because, of course, we got some yesterday into last night. When is this second snow going to hit us? When is it going to start falling?
3: Well, it should start uh, tomorrow afternoon and then, or, you know, even a little before that. And then... During the day, tomorrow, and then tomorrow night, it's going to be really windy, and Wednesday's going to be really windy. I mean, yeah, they talk about minus 16, minus 17 for the high on Wednesday. It's not going to feel anywhere near that mild. It's really going to bite.
1: Okay. Hey, listen, you know what? Uh, Brian Barkley, I'm doing every day this week. I'm here today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday. So I'm working Christmas Eve and then I'm off for Christmas. Uh, I thought just to kind of change things up and have a little fun here for Christmas week, I'm having a different Christmas week co host every day. Today mm-hmm. it's my buddy Dave Patrician, the sports doctor. Tomorrow it's going to be Brian Barkley. So I almost feel like we should bring you back for a few minutes with Brian tomorrow at some point because we'll be at that point, you know, experiencing the snow or it'll be very close to snowing. And we should bring Brian on because, as you know, uh, you were on with Larry Updike back in the day and Brian Barkley on CGLB on the morning show, and then I took over the morning show uh, for Updike. You're the only guest, I think, that I kept that was uh, on his show, and you've obviously become you know, a great friend of mine, and, and you're so good at what you do. And uh, you were on with Brian and myself all the time there for five years, so I almost think like you should be a part of the show tomorrow, if you're okay with that. Well, that
3: would be fun. Yeah, and then I'll have updates, of course, because this this low will be in northeast Montana by then, so I'll have a a better idea of what exactly we'll get from it.
1: Okay, we'll talk in the morning. We'll nail down our time, and you will be on the show again tomorrow to update us on this storm, and you'll also be able to join uh, me and Brian Barkley. It'll be almost like old times. Yeah, it will be. Okay, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you later. That is my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. You can get to his weather website by going to my site, halanderson.ca. Just go to halanderson.ca, and you can click through to Bruce's site there.
0: Hal Anderson
1: Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.